0: Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. All right. Well, it is good for us to be in worship together here this morning. Uh, both in here as well as in the East Auditorium, Lovington, and for those streaming online. Uh, If you're newer with us in any of those settings, my name's Brian, one of the pastors here, and I look forward to bringing you God's Word today. From a couple of passages, we're going to be looking at Romans 8 and 2 Corinthians 10, and so I'd invite you, wherever you're at, to turn in a Bible to that first one, Romans chapter 8, where we will be in just a moment. And um, For those of you, anyone who's a, a sports fan of any kind knows that when it comes to victory in athletics, that you have to have a solid defense in order to achieve victory, whether that's a, you know, a defense that prevents first downs in football or a defense that can force you know, turnovers in basketball all the way to you know, solid pitching and fielding in baseball. Uh, no doubt, a defense is an undeniable factor for victory. However, on the flip side of that, we also recognize that no one achieves victory in the end without offensively getting some points on the board as well. And uh, we've been in a sermon series here entitled Anxious for Nothing, where uh, the goal has not been to somehow achieve, you know, never an anxious thought again, but more so. With this understanding that we live in a fallen world where troubles will come, where worries will come, really we've been looking at how do we respond? What is, you could say, our defense against these worries and these anxious thoughts that come our way? Based on God's word, what is our, our defense against that? And so that's what we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. If you've missed those messages or either, you can catch up with those online at Uh But today we're gonna shift. We're gonna shift from, you could say, uh, a defensive position, a responding position, and we're gonna go on the Offense. We're going to get ahead of this whole idea of how we could be um, pursuing being anxious for nothing. That if we've been looking at the antidote or the antibiotics, if you will, uh, we're going to kind of dip into some, some probiotics. We're going to take some, some Flintstone vitamins. And how, how can we be uh, intentional before they even come in focusing our minds and our hearts and the things not of the worries of this world, but what God has for for us, and so to see what God has for us, of course we are going to count on his word for that, and so we're gonna start with Romans eight uh, out of those two passages that I mentioned, and just for some context, uh, the book of Romans is a, a letter uh, written to the church at Rome and to be circulated among the churches both then and now for us uh, with really this primary goal that out of all the-, the books of the Bible, arguably this one letter it provides the central understanding more than any other as to what does it look like to receive Jesus Christ as a savior from our sin, as well as to functionally make him the Lord of our life. Romans uh, reiterates all the ways in which that takes place. And so, what we see in Romans eight, where we're gonna look in a moment, is really this pretty hard line in the sand that the Apostle Paul is going to give us this pretty stark contrast between the way of following Jesus Christ as our Lord versus not, and so I invite you to follow along with me, starting in verse five in chapter eight of Romans. It says this. It says that those who live according to the flesh, they have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so you see pretty quickly, there's, there's, there's two paths. There's, there's two ways. You've got a path that's really governed by the world or governed by the flesh, it says, that lives according to the flesh and the flesh's desires, which lead to death. Or the other path, which is the way of God, you've got. A, it says a mind governed by the Spirit, which is God's Holy Spirit at work within us, and who lives in accordance with the leading of that Spirit. Well, that leads to it says to life, as Jesus would say in other places, life to the full, a life of peace, and so. Which path you're on, it says here in Romans 8, comes back to what is governing your mind. What is leading your mind? Because out of the overflow of your mind, your life, it says, is lived, whether for better or for worse. Pastor Craig Crochelle of Life Church, he expounds on this passage, uh, putting it this way, he says simply, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest Thoughts. That's true. That the thoughts between our ears, for better or for worse, are what uh, you know. Whatever's governing our mind is governing the overflow of how we live our lives. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so the question for us really here today is, uh, how do you feel about the direction that your mind is being governed? Uh, what, do you, what is your thinking doing for you? Where is your thinking, where is it taking you? It reminds me of uh, a familiar poem by Robert Frost, you might be familiar with it, called The Road Not Taken. Uh, And it paints a picture of two roads, two paths. One clearly is kind of heavily walked, heavily laden, and then there's this one that's less traveled by. It says that no leaves, or excuse me, leaves where no step had trodden. And if you're not familiar with the poem, you might be familiar with its most well-known line where it says at the end that two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that, he says, has made all of the difference. And so I'd say what we're after here this morning is we wanna look at how do we take those initial steps that we hope and pray will lead to many steps down the road, down the path, that will make all the difference where the Lord is functionally governing our minds to the way in which we are living our lives. And so the way that the Apostle Paul encourages us uh, to take those steps, uh, we're gonna find actually in our other passage here today in 2 Corinthians 10 if you wanna turn over to that passage where it's, uh, you could say, a little more practical as to how do we allow God's spirit to be the governor of our minds and thus our lives. And the book of 2 Corinthians is interesting in that out of the 13 letters that the Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament, this one is by far, you could say, his most, his most personal. This is where Paul really puts his heart on his sleeve and gets pretty honest, actually, with some of his own struggles to kind of battle against the ways of the flesh and fight for God's spirit to govern his mind. And so he is desperate for uh, the, the church at Corinth, um, who had all kinds of you know, roadblocks and barriers Barriers and worries and anxieties that were really locking them up from God's truth. He's desperate to break them free of that. And of course, now us as the church two thousand years later wants us to be free of that as well. And so this is how he puts it in 2nd Corinthians 10. Read with me in verse 3. It says, or he says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world, on the contrary. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power, God's power to demolish strongholds. And the word there for stronghold in the original Greek is the word achiroma. All right, it's everywhere we're at, say that with me. Roma, okay, Roma, the word stronghold there. What that would uh, have been a reference to would have been a military term uh, that would have spoken to some type of raised tower, a wall, a barrier that would have been in the midst of battle. And here what Paul is speaking to is really this false barrier. Uh, he, he's really speaking to this idea of a barrier of deception. Uh, you really could say a prison of deception. Uh, Meaning that the stronghold, it's not real. It's only in our minds. It's speaking to really the illusion of captivity. It's talking about a mental prison of deception. That's what worry and anxiety ultimately is. It's not a real fight, it's a mental fight. It's an illusion of captivity. It is a mental prison of deception. And so to illustrate how this might play out uh, in a particular setting, um, an illusion of deception, a mental deception, Uh, a number of years ago, uh, some of you might have been around the life of the church when Pastor John Keck served here, and uh, he and I were uh, locking up the building after a set of classes from our Wednesday night uh, equip program, and so we're going around and we're shutting off all the lights, just kinda hanging out as we do that, and we get to uh, the nursing mother's room, which is just to the left outside of these doors here, and I, I swing open that door, to which I say, sorry, slowly step back, give John one of those looks like, "Ah," you know, and it's kind of like, oh man, that's not good, and so close door, and so we go about, uh, you know, turning off the rest of the lights in the building, and we come to the front doors, and I'm going to go set off the alarm, or not set off the alarm, turn on the alarm, so that, you know what I mean, to set the alarm, and uh, John's like, hey, we can't go, there's still that, 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 that mom in the nursing mother's room, to which I'd totally forgotten I'd said that, and I confessed to him, which I now confess to you, oh, I was just messing around. I just made that up. It was not real. And so, to which John then says, Talty? <laughs> he liked to use my name in vain uh, with, with, with great frequency. And so, the point is, I had John captive in a mental deception. It was an illusion of captivity. He felt like he was stuck in this building until this mother, who wasn't actually in the building, was able to leave, and he was locked up. He was, it was not a real prison, it was an illusion that he was stuck here uh, until she left. And in the same way, we too, when we give our minds over to anxieties and the worries and playing those and getting stuck in those cycles in our in our mind, those achiromas, those strongholds, well then we are locked up. We are locked up in the illusion of captivity, the illusion, the deception of a mental prison. That's what a stronghold is, in these worries and these anxieties. And so What does the Apostle Paul say we're to do with these, these these continuous states of worry that we find ourselves in? Well, he says this, he says, we are to, verse four, demolish them. Pretty powerful world, we are to demolish them. And how do we do that? Verse five, he says it this way. It says, we demolish arguments with, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against the truth of God, and it says this, we take captive we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ so that's what we're after he says we need to take these thoughts We take these mental strongholds, these worries, these anxieties, and we need to take them captive with the weapons of uh, the spiritual realm, not the way the world wages war, but with what God has given us, which we're gonna look at here in just a minute, and we're gonna take those captive and we're gonna make them obedient, those thoughts are gonna make them obedient to Christ, okay? So that we can, Romans eight, proactively invite God's spirit to be the one who's actually governing our minds. Okay, and so to help you put this into practice, um, uh, in your program you'll see there's an insert that I want you to go ahead and grab. Um, in all locations. In fact, online there's a, a link there that you can uh, get a digital version of this. And uh, you'll see on the one side that there's some blanks, and so we're gonna go have a little bit of uh, fill-in-the-blank fun here in our, in our time together, and so grab a pen as well. And uh, this will serve as a guide um, for the remainder of our time here today as well as, really the hope is, uh, as a resource for you on your own outside of this space together, okay? Okay. And so if you want to follow along and fill in those blanks, the first blank, uh, the first thing that we need to do, according to Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 10, uh, is we have to start by, we have to identify the mental strongholds, that's our first blank, strongholds, we have to identify mental strongholds that are locking you up. Identify the mental strongholds that are locking you up. What are the achiromas uh, that have you in mental captivity? Uh, what are the negative and anxious thoughts that are dominating your thinking and governing your mind in a way that you don't want to go? Recognizing that those thoughts are like a set of dominoes. It's the first domino, that thought, that plays out in, in negative thinking and in negative realities in the way that we play out our life. And so... I'm gonna list off uh, a few, I'm gonna read off some that might capture your attention. And so if one applies to you, you might just jot down a word or a couple words that maybe um, help you kind of remember that that's maybe a stronghold as it resonates with you. And so here's a few. Maybe for you when it comes to you know, the bandwidth of responsibilities that you feel you face every day. You might find yourself negatively saying it's too much. It's always too much, and I'm always going to feel overwhelmed. Or you might say, you know, I'm always going to struggle with blank. Or I'm always gonna be in a battle with such and such or with so and so. Uh, You know, I'm not a good enough mom. You know, she brought homemade cookies. I bought store-bought cookies. You know, like hashtag mommy guilt, you know, struggling with that. Uh, I always drop the ball. Uh, The only consistent thing about me is that I'm, inconsistent. I am undisciplined. I can't stick with anything. I'm always on again, off again, whether with God or my health or whatever. Uh, I'm never going to get ahead. I'll never be a good student. You know, I'm never going to get into graduate school. Uh, no matter what I do, I'll never be good enough. And so whatever it is, Whatever tips your thinking toward the negative, those strongholds that are governing your mind by the flesh, the world's worries, recognizing the reality that your life is gonna be moving the direction of those strongest thoughts. So we've gotta start with reality. We have to define where we're at. What are those strongholds that are locking you up? Then from there... The second thing we need to do is we need to identify, so this is our next blank, we need to identify the biblical truth that transcends and demolishes those strongholds, okay? The biblical truth that transcends, that's a great word, transcend. It's a basically recognizing that it goes beyond what we can do and invites God to do what only God can do. It's gonna transcend our earthly worries and circumstances, okay, so what biblical truth will transcend and demolish those strongholds. Um, and so if you're you're newer to church and new, maybe newer to the Bible, this might be a challenge because you, you gotta do a little bit of digging around. And frankly, that's really why we say it's so important for us to be involved in you know growing together in groups with other people who've maybe been there. Uh, like for example, in a small group, maybe at prayer time, you get honest and you share, you know, I'm really struggling with such and such. And then someone else says, oh, you know, I used to struggle with that all the time, and let me tell you, this is what God's word says is true about that, and able to speak truth into one another's lives as we you know, rally around God's word, building a relationship with God by relationships with one another, and so maybe that's helpful to you. Uh, but the point is, is to find biblical truth that will transcend and demolish whatever your stronghold is, and so, Here's a few passages that might be uh, a, a start for you. They'll be up on the screen if you wanna maybe just capture the references. Uh, they could be possible uh, scriptures that demolish the stronghold that you are facing. 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, when it comes to a, a life governed by Christ, it says, for the spirit that God gave us, the Holy Spirit within us, it does not make us timid, but it gives us power. Other translation of the old NIV used to say, it does not give us a spirit of timidity, uh, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Psalm 23, one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Literally, when the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing else wanting within me. Ephesians 1, seven reminds us, so important, that in him, We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And then one more, Hebrews 13, six. It says, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid, and I love this line, what can mere mortals do to me? And so maybe... One of those passages, you can sense are an intersection for you with um, a particular stronghold that you find yourself up against. Okay, and so once we've identified uh, a scripture that transcends and demolishes that stronghold, we want to we want to take those, we want to put them together, and then we want to craft uh, a personal statement from that scripture that we can prayerfully proclaim. Okay, that we can prayerfully proclaim. We've identified the negative thoughts that are dominating our thinking, the mental strongholds, and we've identified a biblical text that transcends and demolishes that. And so this is where they intersect. This is where they come together and we personalize it and craft a statement that we can proclaim and we can pray in the name of Jesus Christ to demolish that stronghold. And so to help kind of get your thinking started on some uh, statements like that, on the back of uh, that insert, you'll see a number of truth statements that are all based on scripture but are, are worded a little different to personalize God's word that you can, you can prayerfully proclaim over yourself. And um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and read these because uh, we have the time and uh, they're that powerful. So um, just, just listen as God's word and truth washes over you. Know that you are a son, a daughter of the king of kings. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I am called, empowered, and equipped to be and to do all that God has for me. I am Christ's ambassador, planting and watering seeds of the gospel in the lives of those who do not yet know him. I embrace trials. Persevering through them makes me better and my faith stronger. I can endure in all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can be patient and kind because the Holy Spirit helps me. I am more blessed when I give rather than when I receive. I am self-disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. God, he always provides a way out of temptation and I will take it. You bind up my broken heart. God is my shelter and my hiding place. I forgive quickly because God has forgiven me. To parents, I am intentional to leave my children with an eternal legacy. At work, I will demonstrate God's love to every client, vendor, and coworker. Students, I will trust God to guide my life and to direct my path. And so, this isn't designed to be necessarily your set of statements, but more or less a resource for you to kinda dig into, but I would encourage you um, to do the work of actually writing your own, maybe you can borrow some language, but personalize it, put your own words to God's word that apply to your particular stronghold that you can uh, proclaim and claim uh, prayerfully uh, by God's Holy Spirit. And then from there, of course, naturally then we want to make sure that we actually do what we've said we're going to do here. We're going to proclaim that. And so the fourth uh, really kind of movement in all this is to put this into practice, to proclaim, uh, to declare these truth statements and to do so every morning. Do this every morning. And the reason this is important at the start of our day is because the question that we want to kind of make sure we're answering the way that we would wanna answer it is when we start the trajectory of our day, the question is, what is governing our mind? You know, is it the flesh, or is it uh, God and his Holy Spirit and his truth? You know, is it, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not gonna be able to, I have to, or is it, you know, today I get to. You know, today I am Christ's ambassador in any and every setting that he brings me into, that I am able in all things through Christ who strengthens me, uh, that regardless, actually, of whatever I do or don't do, accomplish or don't accomplish, that at the end of the day, I am, that first statement, I am a child, a son, a daughter of God. And so what we do when we prayerfully proclaim God's truth each and every morning is we accomplish what God's word tells us to accomplish in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, by taking those thoughts captive. We, it says, again, demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God in our heads and our hearts by taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. We take those mental strongholds, those negative thoughts captive, and we're making them obedient to Christ by actually using that same principle. Um, I used to always think Think about this in the negative. Like, oh, we gotta take the bad thoughts. We gotta capture them and make them obedient to Christ. But what we do in this practice is we actually capture the good stuff. We capture God's truth and we proclaim God's truth to God about who we are when we take captive these good thoughts, these realities of who we are in Christ and proclaim them to govern our minds for that day, for that week, for that lifetime that God has given us. And so with that, I would encourage you, I would challenge you, make this a part of your every morning routine. There's a quote that I love. It's not in my notes here, so I hope I don't mess it up. But W.H. Uh, Auden, he says, uh, Routine in an ordinary man is a sign of ambition. And that's what we want. I want to be ambitious about getting after governing our mind by the spirit of Christ, getting after defeating these strongholds, okay? Routine in an ordinary man is a sign of ambition. We wanna be ambitious about the right things. And so I would challenge you to make this part of your routine to be ambitious about the things of God that he has for you. And so as expected as it is that you will wake up tomorrow morning and take a minute to brush your teeth, because otherwise that's nasty, (laughs) you will take a minute to proclaim, to govern your mind, to take these thoughts captive for what God has for you in your day. And even as we kind of wrap up this little, this little sheet here and I think about you know going and putting this into practice, in all honesty, as I thought about this and worked through this, I had this kind of, kind of this cloud of concern, if I'm just being real transparent with you, of, you know, Brian, this is good but it, because it's God's word, but there's a side of it to me that feels a little fluffy, a little, hey, positive thinking, think your way into it, you can do it kind of thing, and and honestly, it's kind of been, been, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Um, Some of you uh, were around in the early 90s when uh, that SNL skit, that Saturday Night Live, uh, Stuart Smalley, Uh, Some of you might be familiar with him. He was uh, this uh, little insecure character who had his own little self-help show uh, called Daily Affirmations uh, with Stuart Smalley. And um, if you're not familiar, basically he started every single show looking at himself in the mirror saying, declaring these kind of affirmations. He'd say, I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, if you know it, people like me. Yeah, (laughs) And so obviously it was a segment that was intended to be satirical, you know, kind of make fun a little bit of the positivity self-help movement. But here's the truth in all that as I was trying to reconcile all of that together. This is not what that is. Everything we've looked at is based in and rooted in God's word, where it says, where God's word says in Romans 8, that we are to govern our minds. Later on in Romans 12 too, it says that we need to do this for the renewal of our minds. And then of course, we do that by 1 Corinthians 8, by taking these thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. And so I would argue that in many ways, the reason it almost feels a little squirmy is because I would make the case that the self-help movement has hijacked and perverted what has always been true long before any self-help, that God's help, that, and the way it's perverted it is it's, it's kinda is—it's—it's got like hints of truth in it, but it's not all there because in the self-help understanding, it's I'm helping myself. That somehow this this power is within. Well, that is just a glimpse because the power is not within. Aside from the power, as it says, of God's spirit that is at work within us. And so it's God at work within us. It's God's power source, if you will, and God's Holy Spirit that makes these changes, these transformations that transcend where we can never go. Okay? And so with that, realizing and kind of reconciling this even for myself, I started putting this into practice, this, this sheet, kind of going through these steps, if you will, uh, a few months ago, at the beginning of December in 2018, and I'll just be real honest. I am still surprised at how powerful it has been. I shouldn't be, because it's what God's word says, but it has been incredible what it has done. Nothing in my circumstances have changed. I still have the same responsibilities, same commitments, same things, in some cases maybe more, but everything has shifted with the power of inviting daily God's spirit to govern my mind. And so you, don't have, you can have as many of these as you want. You can have anywhere from two to 22. Um, here's a couple of mine uh, that I'll share with you just to kind of put my heart on my sleeve a little bit for you all. Um, the first one I declare every day is this. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, there is nothing else wanting within me. He is enough and that is enough. I'll tell you, that is a pretty powerful uh, trajectory setting, governing of the mind in my life uh, every day. Another one, kind of maybe getting into the weeds of kind of maybe practical of what you do or something. In my case, I'm a a dad of four kids, and so um, recognizing that I'm in vocational ministry for a job, I declare this every day, that my children are my number one ministry. And so I will love, I will spend time with, and I will disciple Cole, Camden, Case, and Callan. And I tell you what, it's been pretty remarkable how when you start your day with that, that the hour that follows and that time before getting ready for school, how that has shifted the kinds of conversations that we are having before we send our kids off into the world, into the schools. Um, in fact, just real candidly, it just helps me be intentional to have conversations at all. Because if you're anything like us, it's pretty easy to not do anything more than just kind of buzz around and make sure that everyone has like pants on uh, (Laughter) to get out the door, and so it's been powerful for me, and uh, I I, I trust it will be for you as well. um, To kind of really illustrate the power of this, I I, I came across an illustration uh, that I think will kind of serve to kind of make the case for this um, for us all today, and that was actually this, it was this little scientific study that came out of the Netherlands uh, that was demonstrating the power of kinetic energy, and what they did is they took uh, a domino Um, A little one by two by quarter inch domino and showed the power of just one little domino by setting up a series of dominoes consecutively three-fifths bigger than the one uh, prior to it, Uh, 10 dominoes in a row. And so they stacked them up three-fifths, 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 three-fifths until the final domino, the 10th domino, was no domino at all, but a 26-foot tower uh, weighing in at a half ton, a thousand pounds. And so they did what you do with dominoes. Uh, You know, they click, 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 bang, 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 slam. The 26 foot half ton tower by the power of just one little domino came crashing down. And it speaks to The power that we have in the taking those initial thoughts captive, the very start of our day to govern our mind with, you could say, just the power of one minute to declare who God is and who we are in God, the power of just that one little domino to manifest itself, that one minute and the other 1,389 minutes or whatever it is we have in a day to cascade, to break down, to demolish, to kinda use that word again, the stronghold. You know, the tower, the barriers, the things that have us captive, the power of just one little prayer, one little trust, one little reality of setting our sights, setting the course to allow the Lord to renew our minds, to govern our minds as we take our thoughts captive for him. And so, Um, What I wanna do here is, uh, again, we've said this before, that we wanna make sure we aren't just hearers of the word, but we wanna be doers of the word as well. And so what we wanna do is why this is still fresh is just kinda give you a few minutes uh, to look at uh, through this process and maybe just just kinda work through one, one stronghold and and discover one truth that transcends that stronghold that might've come out of one of the passages or the statements we've looked at and and to really just grab that, to have something to start with uh, right out of the gate tomorrow, to be teed up for the first morning. Morning in what I pray and hope will be a series of mornings where the Lord, rather than the flesh, is governing our mind, getting on the offense way ahead of those anxieties and the worries that would otherwise creep in. And so we'll give you a few minutes to do that, and then the worship team's gonna come and they're gonna sing some of this truth over us. And so... Let me pray for you in this. Uh, oh, and then one more thing, sorry. When you go, as you leave, uh, there's gonna be some ushers in the back with some uh, baskets with dominoes in it uh, that we'd encourage you to take one. Everyone take one of these and you can just set that up in that little place where you're gonna take that minute uh, to get this started here, wherever that is in your, in your home um, this week, all right? So let's pray together as we take a few minutes to uh, work on this. Heavenly Father, we are thankful above all of this, regardless of what we do, that you have uh, done it all for us in coming and sacrificing yourself for the forgiveness of our sin and the gift of a new life. That as we accept you and receive you into our life, we can take that first step uh, on that path less traveled by that makes all the difference. And so guys, we take those first steps here, just these next few minutes, God, would your Holy Spirit, as we trust, be at work within us to reveal, Uh, those strongholds, and would you reveal your word to us that break down those strongholds, not just in this moment, uh, but every morning uh, this week. And we would pray for all the years to come in our life as we get started. And maybe this new practice um, that is really an old practice of allowing you to be the governor of our minds as we take captive every thought, surrendering it to you. And so Lord, hear our prayers as we work through, through this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.